Hello there, and welcome to the fifth episode of the Grains West podcast. I'm your host, Jeff Clovis. Grains West magazine is co-published by Alberta Barley and the Alberta Wheat Commission, and it's our goal to connect farmers, food, and ideas. And as always, if you'd like to read our exclusive online-only stories or subscribe to our monthly e-newsletter, you can visit GrainsWest.com. This episode is a follow-up to the Grains West online story PPEMIA. In the piece published on June 4th, Grains West editor Ian Doig looked at the safety equipment shorted that was then taking shape. Going into the seeding season, retailers ran out of certain PPE supplies as people purchased more masks due to the concerns about the COVID-19 outbreak. Then 3M, the main mask manufacturer in North America, decided to primarily fulfill healthcare system orders so the supply chain was constricted at the retail level. Farmers were reportedly coasting on last year's supplies as well as boring equipment for daily use. While farmers were growing concerned about running low on PPE, seed plants were also having difficulty locating needed equipment. Sarah Hoffman is a seed grower and Grains West contributor. In this episode of the Grains West podcast, she looks at the evolving PPE supply situation. Hi there. I was calling to see if you guys have any N95 dust masks available. Um, we don't have N95 ones. Okay. But we do have masks. Just sort of for dust. Um, yeah, they're they're uh, an, an industrial type. They're not the cup type dust mask. Okay. They are. Um, they're more a procedure type mask. Okay. The one with the elastic around the ears and that fold over your face. Okay. Do you normally carry the N95s? Uh, we normally do carry the N95, but currently you cannot actually get your hands on them. Okay. So just anyone in the, really any private business can't even, can't even source them really is what you're saying? Uh, no. Um, I, I haven't seen any of the, any of the N95 ones around. <laughs> Hi, Nathan. Uh, I was just wondering if you guys have any N95 masks in. I don't know offhand, but I can uh, take a look at the computer and see what it says. Okay, sure. Oh, it doesn't look like we do. Okay, have you guys been sold out during this whole... We've got a bunch on order. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, just for cleaning equipment and bins and stuff. Okay. Yeah, looks like we're sold out at the moment. Please note, we are experiencing a higher than normal call volume. Good morning, Shoshi. Yes, Jody speaking. Hi, Jody. How are you today? Good. How are you? Good, thanks. I was wondering, do you have N95 masks in stock? We don't. Okay. Uh, any idea when you would? No, they have not given a timeline. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm not sure. When Grains West editor Ian Doig looked into the PPE available in the spring, scarcity of equipment was just becoming an issue in Alberta's ag sector. Clearly, when Sarah Hoffman made these calls in early July, PPE was still not easy to come by. Ian, how has the situation evolved since Grains West began following the story? Before July 1st, the, the Government of Alberta online ordering system for PPE was open to farmers. They could order a two-week supply of equipment such as N95 masks and uh, nitrile gloves. Uh, the process simply didn't work well for farmers. Uh, one 
Peace Country farmer I spoke with in May used the system's online tracker to find find out her order was 9,439th in in the queue. Uh, Alberta Agriculture and Forestry said while it was doing uh, its best to to, to fill those orders as quickly as possible, uh, after July 1st, it would be relying on businesses to get PPE supplies out to uh, to the agricultural sector. The assumption was that the PPE supply chain in general was improving. Uh, it sounds like the reality on the farm store shelf is a little different. You're right, Ian. Uh, based on the quality Herbie makes to local retailers, it sounds like PPE is still not getting to the retail outlets yet, and stores don't know when they will see their orders fulfilled. I was a little surprised, to be honest. We use N95 masks for cleaning bins and equipment on on my seed farm. And we always have several boxes of masks on the shelf. So I actually haven't had to buy any since the COVID-19 outbreak. I assume that the mask situation was a little bit like the run on toilet paper at the beginning of the pandemic. There would be a demand spike at the outset, but the supply chain would quickly catch up. It turns out that's not quite the case. I talked with Scott Bolton, president and CEO of UFA, for a little background on what happened in that particular company's supply chain. And just walk us through kind of what happened in, in the supply chain from your company's perspective. Sure, I'd be happy to do that. I, it, it's been quite a journey. Um, uh, <laughs> the whole uh, pandemic's been a journey, but in particular regard with regards to PPE. And, that um, you know, it's uh, better now, but... Um, uh, yeah, in the in the uh, teeth of the pandemic, it was a real issue. So, you know, for UFA, we we have for some time now sold the uh, N95 mask. So this is the mask that you no doubt heard about that 3M manufactures, um, and it's I guess considered the industry standard in in, in the type of uh, you know uh, fully functioning mask that that our members came to appreciate with respect to, you know, when they're in grain bins or, you know, it's protection against antivirus or, you know, the general day-to-day farming uh, applications that you, you need some protection for, um, this mask proved to be highly useful. And so we carried the mask in our stores and, and um, you know, it was a good seller and, and uh, the, the right type of product for our membership. I guess probably around February or so of this year, we started to notice that we were selling more of these masks than typical. And, um, and then, you know, obviously as events uh, unfolded and the, and the pandemic took hold and say mid March and towards the end of March um, at that point, um, not only were we out of supply from a sales point of view, but then it became almost impossible to procure uh, more product. We had uh, umpteen purchase orders into 3M for more product uh, as, but the problem is so did everyone else. And, and obviously, the uh, these masks are 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 the most sought after in the healthcare sector. So, um, you know, the reality is that 3M quite rightly, I think, started to prioritize um, servicing healthcare related orders, and uh, the rest of us uh, were not. Our orders were not filled. So, the reality is, uh, our membership, our stores, ran out of stock of these type of masks. And, uh, you know, at, at the same time, we weren't able to procure any sort of an equivalent. Uh, at that point, I wasn't a world authority on masks or anything, but I became more of an expert as events unfolded. But, you know, we became aware that there was a Chinese standard called the KN95. And I can take you through that story. But 
but at the time we we really didn't have any supply. Um, so you know uh, that probably puts us into April. Um, in our case, UFA, we actually did uh, during April um, land uh, unexpectedly an order of almost five thousand N95 masks in 3M, and um, we made the decision. Uh, notwithstanding the fact there was a real need for them at the farm, uh, at the farm gate, we, we decided uh, we would reach out to AHS, uh, Alberta Health Services, and ask them what we should do because we knew that there was a need in, in healthcare. And they gratefully accepted all of them uh, straight away. And we were quite pleased to donate them. Uh, re- you know, recognizing this was a sacrifice for our members, but we felt it was in the best interests of all Albertans to, uh, to make the donation. And so it- I don't know if you can speak to this, but it wasn't really a matter of, say, the government seconding the supply that you had. It, it was just that you couldn't, your supply chain was, was constricted. No. Yeah, the, I, I, think, I, I think there was a run on masks as people became aware of the issue um, and or were suspected there might be a problem securing supply. And then, of course, the, the healthcare systems the world over started taking supply from 3M and, and 3M, I as I understand it, just became overwhelmed and then presumably had their own issues with managing the pandemic and producing uh, to standard in their own factories. And so, you know, it just became impossible to get products supplied. And uh, you'll remember back in the days of late March and early April, I mean, it even became political for a little while as to whether the U.S. government wanted to allow any of it to be exported outside. So I think we we, that did not come to pass, and thankfully the N95s are available in Canada. But even uh, to my understanding, to this to this moment in time, they're still only for use uh, in our healthcare uh, fields. I also followed up with Monica Kloss, who you interviewed uh, for your article. Uh, she's the general manager of the Alberta Seed Processors. Unfortunately, not much has changed in their situation. Things have slowed down at the seed plants during the summer as they are in their maintenance time of the year and they aren't pumping seed out to the customers quite like they were at the height of the pandemic. So they aren't going through quite as many masks as usual. But they will start cleaning seed once the harvest starts coming off in August and then the demand will be there. In some ways, I can see the seed plants being in a bigger jam than farmers. At least on our farm, we go through seasons where we use quite a few masks and times when we don't use many at all. But seed plant employees need them day in and day out as they're surrounded by grain and dust every day. Uh, what's kind of been your ability to access the sort of necessary dust masks um, or your, your plant's ability to access those products? So um, early on in the right after the, the, the lockdown, I believe the date is March 13th. So, you know, seven or 10 days right after that. I started to receive um, some comments from a few of our members that they were unable to secure N95 masks. Now, seed and grain cleaning facilities are federally regulated for some reason. We don't fall into provincial OH&S, we fall under federal. And so for eons, we've been federally regulated that we must have breathing protection and dust in seed and grain cleaning plants has been flagged as problematic. And just two years ago, the feds had a big program where they were looking at grain handling facilities 
right across the country. And we were part of that, um, that close look. And, you know, that was one of the deficiencies. Well, I shouldn't say deficiencies, but that was one of the things that they, the inspectors were very, very interested in is to make sure that employees were being protected. So when we found out that N95 masks were difficult to find, and then, of course, there's a firestorm of, you know, main media news talking about how, you know, shipments of N95s are being, you know, stopped or whatever, and that, you know, the exporting and orders weren't going to be filled and things like that. It, it did become concerning. Um, and so I phoned around to some uh, suppliers that have a provincial footprint. So, you know, stores like PV Mart and UFA and some of the farm supply stores, as well as there's online ordering that, um, you know, safety supplies can come from. And so I reached out to those, those larger sort of companies and really came up with nothing. And in fact, one company said, you know what, you're better off to try to just source these direct from a manufacturer because they were even having trouble getting them. Um, and so from there, I reached out to my local MLA, who then in turn put me in touch with the provincial ordering um, site. And that was before ag was really on sort of the radar as being a sector that required PPE, because I think that was something that was really kind of maybe overlooked. And, and, and obviously, PPE and healthcare are go hand in hand, obviously. Um, and, and so I did place an order through that uh, provincial site. Um, unfortunately, the request for an N95 particulate mask, and I, you know, indicated on the order that we weren't picky. We just needed something that would seal the face and filter a particulate. Uh, we didn't need them to be sterile, like in the case of, you know, somebody using it in a hospital setting. Um, and, you know, we, we would kind of take what we got. Um, unfortunately, maybe my statement about being flexible didn't work in our favor. And what I received was, you know, the blue masks that now we're seeing are being handed out at convenience stores, et cetera, et cetera. And of course, that type of mask um, is not sufficient to, to filter out a particulate. Since then, um, I've advised uh, the people that are looking for them, number one, to try to seek some other type of respiratory care. And so many of our plants also use agricultural pesticides and have respiratory care for that. Those are, of course, those half face masks with the charcoal filters on them. Very heavy and not that comfortable to wear for an extended period. But for some of the dustiest work, um, I think some of the people were, you know, using those. 
I don't know. We've we've reached out to some other ag organizations and said, I you know, is there is there any way that we can work together on a solution? Because of course, if one smaller organization like ours goes forward and tries to order, for example, a pallet of N95s, um, maybe we should be combining our resources and ordering a truckload of N95s and then distributing them to, I, I had no idea, but there's a mushroom growers association here in Alberta and they require breathing apparatus as well. So, you know, I, I think there's an opportunity for the ag industry to, to work together and to try to find a solution for this. And have you guys, so have you coalesced around any kind of actions or, or just even gotten a group together to, to kind of pursue that collective action? You know, sir, at, at this point, we haven't. So um, we, we sort of got through the busy season. We're kind of limping through what I call our maintenance season. But uh, summertime now, it's, it's certainly on the to-do list to try to raise it up the flagpole. You mentioned, go, you know, someone had said, suggested you go directly to a manufacturer. Have you contacted any, like, Canadian or international manufacturers directly? You know, um, me, me and Google <laughs> spent uh, way too many hours, you know, looking at manufacturers. And then all of a sudden I went, you know what, this is not in my wheelhouse of expertise whatsoever. I will probably fall victim to being a scam artist. And, and we've heard already, um, you know, companies or even healthcare getting you know fake n95s or scam artists taking people to the cleaners um and so i i sort of shut that enterprise down and sort of went you know what i think the one of the ways to go about this is to number one uh, create an industry task force and i'm not too sure if that would be through the ministry uh, the Ministry of Agriculture and Forestry, or if it would be through an organization like AgSafe Alberta or how to go about that. I haven't asked those questions yet. But then to maybe go and um, try to get some assistance from government purchasing agents, at least to try to point us in the right direction. Um, and again, the... The goal here is to secure a supply. It's certainly not to cut a retailer out. So again, if we could get a supply from a retailer like a UFA, a PV Mart, a safety supply company, there's an online Uline as another company. If one of those companies could, you know, supply masks, um, that were reliable um, and also not $7 a mask. Like, you know, before we were buying um, packs of 25 for about, you know, 15 or $20. And then all of a sudden the, those same packs are, you know, hundreds. And, and I understand supply and demand, but this is ridiculous. This is gouging. Yeah. Um, and, and I'm not saying that the, it's the retailer's fault. They're likely just 
passing it on from the, the manufacturing company. There is some good news on the horizon. The KN95 mask, a Chinese manufactured particulate respirator that is technically very similar to the North American manufactured N95 mask, is starting to show up on some store shelves in Alberta. Scott Bolton of USA told me a little bit about the solution that they and other retailers are working on. I guess as you got into May, we started to uh, find ways, means and ways to secure not the N95 mask, which remains uh, only for medical use, but to find sources of reputable supply for the KN95, the Chinese version of the N95 mask. And, and uh, by about mid-May, uh, we were able to secure supply ourselves for our farm stores. And uh, up to today, we've been fully stocked um, up for this type of mask, uh, which has proved to be a good quality and well-received by our membership. And we just sell them at cost, so roughly $350, and you, you, can, you can purchase one. So that kind of takes us up to today, but it's been quite a journey. Uh, but fortunately, we've been able to supply uh, our members and other, uh, and other retailers, too, have now secured supply of the KN95 version, which is the closest equivalent. Right. And so you made connection directly with a Chinese manufacturer to do that? Yeah. Yeah, we did. We have a, it, we're a retailer. Um, and so we're good at procurement and supply chain and all of that kind of stuff. So we have a, a you know, quite a, a significant procurement team who uh, have good connections, uh, frankly, everywhere in the world, um, because we do procure product from all over the place, including China, to, to, for our farm stores. And so they were able through their connections to to source a supply from uh, a reputable supplier, because you may recall at the time that we were first uh, finding out about the KN95 version of the of these masks, that there were quality standard issues. I think the Canadian government even was caught with a with a batch of uh, defective masks. So it was important for us a to supply to to secure supply, but also make sure that it was a uh, to our best knowledge a quality uh, product, mm-hmm. which I think we were able to do. Yeah, and so from your um, press release, I noticed that you're, you can buy 10 at a time uh, from yeah. the local store. And yeah. I mean, are you keeping up with that or has it been still hard to keep them on the shelf? Yeah, it, actually, it's, it's, um, we have not had shortages. Um, there may be the odd time where we ran out in a particular farm store in a situation or two. But for the most part, we've been uh, able to keep uh, fully supplied with good inventory levels at our distribution centers. And I think at this stage, to be honest with you, there's good supply now. And in fact, I, I, as, as normally happens, it, 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 you can quite easily get into a situation of oversupply as there's so much manufacturing going on to fill a demand. And, and then it all seems to hit the market at once. So I, I think we're in reasonably good shape now. Yeah, I mean, speaking of the future, I mean, obviously, some places the virus is still pretty prevalent. Other places, Europe, I think Canada, it's it's subsiding for now. Um, yeah. Do you see? Do you have any? I, mean, I know you're just probably looking at the crystal ball like everybody else, but any idea yeah. when the N95 situation is going to get better? I, so, I think that right now it's it's satisfactory. I'll call it, um, but it's precarious um, because uh, as we learned the hard way. All it takes is, um, you know, a, a, a situation such as occurred in sort of March in North America to, to upend everything. And so it's not even just a question of getting it manufactured, but you've got to get it exported. You've got to get it through government um, approvals. You've got to get the, the supply chain has to work in terms of shipping, trucking uh, to get it to the farm store. So there's a lot of pieces to the puzzle that have to be in place. 
and this pandemic puts strain on the entire system. Um, so uh, there is a risk, frankly, of that happening again. Uh, but sitting here today, I think we're in pretty good shape. Right. And is your procurement team still in touch with 3M or who, you know, whoever they deal with yeah. the, the equipment yeah. or the materials? Yeah. Um, in the case of 3M, uh, as of now, and, and this is my understanding, uh, I'm, uh, and, and there may be more uh, up-to-date information that I'm providing, but it, my understanding is that the 3M is still really filling orders just for um, medical use. Um, there's still, and as you say, there's outbreaks again, and particularly in the southern U.S. and other areas that would put a demand on N95 mask uh, consumption. And so, um, you know, I, I, we don't have visibility as to when we can get that particular product back in our store. But I feel confident, as I say, that the, the KN95 version, which is, a, I think I mentioned, the Chinese standard, it's, it's largely an equivalent technical standard. Um, we can get supply of what we, appears to be good quality product. The issue, obviously, is the N95 made by 3M. You have a confidence in the manufacturing quality and what have you. And Scott Bolton suggested we're in good shape, but he used the word precarious in relation to the ag PPE supply. We're going to be coping with the pandemic for a long time to come. So what course of action does your research into the PPE procurement and supply situation suggest? When I looked into the PPE shortages, I kept coming back to the question of where are the masks? I had visions of a government warehouse stocked with masks that they just weren't making available to the public. I don't think that's as much the case as it is just a matter of a domino effect of so many countries needing them in their healthcare systems at the same time and the manufacturers prioritizing those recipients, which obviously is good for everybody. I did check in with a couple of my friends who work in the Alberta healthcare system. They both said that there hasn't been any shortage of N95 masks at the hospitals where they work. They are only using N95 masks when they are doing particular procedures, such as intubating a patient with suspected COVID-19. Canada is a trading nation, and normally goods flow so easily that we take for granted all the intricacies of international trade. Unfortunately, the pandemic has laid bare some of the weaknesses of manufacturing being centralized in one or two large companies outside of our national borders. I don't know if the pandemic will inspire Canadian businesses or governments to establish domestic production of PBE like N95, but it's certainly worth considering. However, if there was domestic production, it potentially could be more expensive than internationally produced masks, and there would also need to be a commitment on the behalf of Canadian retail stores to purchase those Canadian masks and sell them uh, so that there's you know, a, a worthwhile business case for Canadian manufacturers producing PPE. It may be time for the government to step in and ensure that the agricultural sector is supplied with the PPE it needs to operate safely. Now, before we close off this episode of the podcast, Sarah was able to chat with Jody Wakowicz, the head of AgSafe Alberta. It's important to note that for producers using the KN95 masks, they will look and be packaged a little different than most of us are used to with the North American N95 masks. For some explanation, here's their conversation. So I think it's, it's important to note that even with the N95s, you want to make sure that you have a good fit um, around the face so that you're not having any of the dust or, or you know, it, whatever you're working around um, getting in through the mask and, and causing problems. So um, 
there are ways to do fit testing and certainly they can reach out to AgSafe and, and, you know, we can put them in touch with, with somebody who can help them do that. But with the KN95s, what we're finding is that um, they're shipped folded versus in the, the kind of the round like an N95 is. And when they fold them, they're folding the top wire or the metal piece that goes over the nose. And what we are, are suggesting to um, farms and ranches, if they're using those, um, prior to wearing them is to really try to straighten that top wire out and then make sure when you put it on that it is fit around the nose because um, when they aren't doing that, they are um, leaving a gap on top and then of course the fit doesn't work and, and it's not doing what you're putting the mask on to do. So it's mostly about sort of getting the mask kind of prepped properly to put on your face and create that seal. Yeah. Yeah, and I had been on a call where the people in Ontario, the hygienists um, with that were working with the ag people in Ontario had really said this is starting to be a, a problem because they're seeing lots of people with that kink up above the nose and leaving that gap. Mm. Um, yeah, anything else, I guess, that um, farmers and ranchers need to know if they're going to use the KN95 mask? I think that if you're you're getting it, um, access to the KN95, um, you know, some people are concerned that that is considered not um, the same quality as an N95 and it actually is very similar if you look at the charts where they compare them they're they're doing the same amount of you know restricting um, movement of you know the the dust or, or particles into the the mask and into your breathing um, they're very very similar it's just more about that fit and uh, you know how that works and and the, you know being able to ex- access that the other thing is is uh, under OHS legislation for the time being the government has approved the KN95 as a um, a tool that you can use um, it used to be just the N95 but when covid started they did put out a, an approval saying that those other ones were also um, acceptable standards for um, workplaces that's it for another edition of the grains west podcast this podcast is written and produced by the team over at grains west magazine and cole's ag communications a big thank you to grains west contributor sarah hoffman for her contributions to this episode And as always, don't forget to read our digital edition of the magazine at GrainsWest.com, where you'll also find regular online-only stories. 